Ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to introduce a new sponsor to the podcast. Hillsdale College has been a longtime sponsor of the broadcast. And for the new year, they've graciously agreed to exclusively sponsor the first hour or segment of the podcast. I believe deeply in the principles and mission of Hillsdale College, which I share with you during the upcoming segment. My thanks and appreciation to Hillsdale College for their long partnership with the show. And now, the podcast. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. I want to uh, discourage the president from working so closely with the Charles and David Koch group. These are radical libertarians who have never supported Trump for president. Uh, They pushed for the criminal justice reform. They call it prison reform. We call it prison break. They are very weak on national security and funding our military. And they are pushing amnesty. And they are pushing hard. And I hope the dozens of millionaires who are part of that network are paying attention. Because nobody gets a pass here anymore. There's too much at stake. There's too much at stake. Now, the Kochs are pushing hard through their various uh, organizations and staff for amnesty. They have an organization called the Libra Initiative, L-I-B-R-E Initiative. And uh, they've been meeting at the White House. Mark Holden who is one of the right-hand men of Charles Koch. He's been meeting at the White House. Uh, And these are people who are not conservatives. They're radical libertarians, in my view. It's my opinion. And so they're looking for comprehensive immigration reform. And I'm going to tell you something. If what comes out of this, a battle over the budget, the so-called government shutdown, the president running, this was his number one priority on border security, and stemming the flow of illegal immigration into this country, and no amnesty, if he turns out being George W. Bush or Jeb Bush, he's going to lose a lot of his base. And I'm going to tell you, that's all that's out there. And it's a big base. It's a big base. I'm hoping he doesn't do this. I'm telling them right now, please don't do this. But the pressure is on. The Republicans in the Senate began buckling three weeks ago. When the Vice President of the United States met with them a few weeks ago, as I remember reading in the papers, he was trashed by a bunch of these Republicans who said this government shutdown is is unacceptable. You got Rubio out there talking about that. You got this guy Portman out there, Lamar Alexander out there, Murkowski, Collins. I can go right down the list, but they're not the only ones. When the Democrats and the left push, the Republicans run. Run like cowards. 
And I would strongly discourage the president from embracing that point of view. Because it could cost him the presidency and even more. Even more. The rhinos and the Democrats, the left, will get what they've always wanted and what you've always fought over the last several decades. We do not have but a handful of fighters in the United States Senate on this. A handful. That's all we have. That's all we have. Tom Cotton is good on this. Mike Lee is good on this. I don't know who else, quite frankly. I want you to hear Mitch McConnell at a press conference today on his principled position. I want you to listen to him and keep in mind how Schumer speaks and Pelosi speaks, but I want you to listen to the Republican leader in the Senate. And I want you to keep a few things in mind. When we had the Senate in the House and the presidency, what did McConnell do on the border issue? Nothing. He has exploded the debt during his tenure in Washington, D.C. The government must stay. We cannot shut the government again. I told you before. It's like the bridge over the River Kwai. He's the colonel. Blow up the bridge! Blow up the bridge! They built the bridge at the gunpoint of the Japanese. A Japanese train is coming. He's to blow up the bridge. And he falls in love with the bridge. And he won't blow it up. Then he gets shot. And he falls on the plunger and the bridge blows up. But that's Mitch McConnell in many ways. He's in love with government. It's just easier to cut deals. It's easier to spend money. It's easier to run up the debt. And that's what he does. And I'm sick and tired of it. I'm sick and tired of the whole damn bunch of them. Look, we have new bipartisanship. We have... What was it that somebody said? Who is that leftist on CNN? The, Mar- the, the, the Maoist. I can't remember his name. And he was for uh, criminal justice reform. He's one of their anchors over there. Van Jones. Thank you, Mr. Producer. Whoa. You had your Cheerios today. You're on your game, baby. Van jo- They're all thrilled to be in the same room with Van Jones. And if Van Jones and Charles Koch can come together, can't America? No, we can't. Because the radical libertarians and the radical left have way too much in common when it comes to law enforcement and national security and immigration. Let's be honest. Notice I don't say libertarians, I say radical libertarians. And all these wealthy members of the Koch network pushing for amnesty now, didn't support the president the first time. president better have some people around him who see this These are not his friends. These are not his supporters. And a momentary quote-unquote victory will be an ultimate disaster. You have some conservatives, some who are just gadflies, some who just big mouths going off right now. But you're going to have serious conservatives, traditional conservatives, conservatives with microphones and so forth who are thoughtful, who are traditionalists, who are going to look at this and say, no. No, no, no. We got burned with Reagan. We got burned subsequently. We, we fought Bush. We'll fight whomever pushes this agenda. And it was Reagan, actually, who got burned with all the rest of us. And we see what's happening in these states. 
We see what's happening in these states. Anyway, I want you to listen to Mitch McConnell at the press conference today. Hat tip, right scoop. Cut one, go. You're a longtime appropriator. What is the right scope for this conference committee? We've had other people talk about immigration. Now stop right there. They have a conference committee, right, to discuss this? And the guy says, what's the right scope? And McConnell starts laughing. You want to know why? Because there is no right scope for McConnell. Just get a deal. Keep the government open. Let's start from the top, Mr. Producer. Cut one, go. You're a long-time appropriator. What is the right scope for this conference committee? We've had other people talk about immigration, DACA, debt ceiling. Would you be okay if they can forge an agreement and it wanders off into those other areas, or you want to keep it just strictly to border security? Uh, for whatever works, which means avoiding a shutdown and avoiding uh, the president feeling he should declare a national emergency. Exactly how to do that, as you all know, has been quite challenging. So that sounds like broader. <laughs> broader stuff. I'm for a narrow or broader and for whatever works that prevents the level of dysfunction we've seen on full display here the last month and also doesn't uh, bring about a view on the president's part that he needs declared a national emergency. So now we have um, the national emergency now as a bugaboo. Wasn't a bugaboo when Obama used it. Wasn't a bugaboo when Clinton used it. Wasn't a bugaboo when Ford used it. Wasn't a bugaboo when... When Reagan used, it wasn't a bug. Now it's a bugaboo. Now it's a, a, a separation of powers issue, we're told. And I've gone through this. So even members of Congress can an- understand it. I'm not going to go through it again. It is not a violation of separation of powers, not in the way that this president wants to use it. If he wanted to declare martial law or nationalize industries, then I would argue Yes. That's not what he's doing. He's not creating a law like Obama did with DACA. He's taking a law that has been in existence for 43 years. And he's also looking at other laws that we talked about yesterday and all of a sudden today. Hey, you know what? He could use the defense. Yeah, we know. We talked about it yesterday. And also the Immigration and Naturalization Act. There are a number of things the president can do. The dysfunction isn't on him. And let me tell you something. It's not really dysfunction. It's the Speaker of the House and the Democrats in the House. They have decided they don't want a wall. And so what you hear from McConnell, what you hear from the Koch brothers, what you hear from from gutless Republicans and radical libertarians is, let's cut a deal. And amnesty should be on the table, whatever works. And we'll take on these conservative groups and these loudmouths on radio. Where else are they going to go? Well, then they badly misread us. Badly misread us. I've said, and I meant, that I don't think this three-week government open strategy is, a, uh, is the end-all and be-all. It's perfectly fine. I have no problem with it. You and I are in a wait-and-see attitude. Let's see what happens. We can give them three weeks. If that's what the Congress wants, if that's what everybody wants, three weeks. 
But the bottom line is the bottom line. You heard this this quizzling, and that's what he is, McConnell. You heard him, <laughs> and all the rest of it. I'm for whatever works. To avoid a government shutdown and to avoid the president using the National Emergency Act. Never opposed the National Emergency Act before. Neither did all these tough constitutionalist conservatives. Never said a damn thing. And several dozen of them are still active. You haven't heard them talk about that, have you? It's the third rail. Maybe that's what we need to put on a border, the third rail. What's happening now is the left, the radical libertarians, and cowardly conservatives are all throwing in. Are all throwing in. Presidents should never use the National Emergencies Act, say some conservatives. Well, what should he do? That's a statute. It's there. It's been used a zillion times. What, what would you have him do? What would you have him do? That's what I would have him do. Well, the courts will overturn it. We can't help that. You fight. You make your case. District court, circuit court to the Supreme Court. And if they defy the law and the Constitution too, then that's something we need to focus on and we have with Convention of States. But Mitch McConnell is a disaster, and yet he has enormous power in the Senate. Nobody challenges him because he pulls people from committees. He yanks them in his room, his office, reads them the riot act, withholds money from them. That's why this jerk governor of Arizona picked McSally. McSally is a McConnellite. And that's all McConnell cares about. McConnell is as power-hungry as Nancy Pelosi. You need to understand this. And he'll have all the sycophants in Washington. Yes, but he got us Kavanaugh. He didn't get us anything. You can thank that Harry Reid. He set the stage for Gorsuch and Kavanaugh's confirmation. McConnell, what has McConnell done in the zillion years? He's been the leader of the Republicans. He can't even communicate with the American people. Isn't it time to put some of these dinosaurs out to pasture? Shouldn't they go home to their families, their grandchildren? I don't understand this. You want to sit in the Senate for 30 years, 36 years, 42 years? You're in your 70s and 80s. What the hell's wrong with you? Do you care about your families? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. One hundred and seventy five years. That's how long Hillsdale College has been around. As we start a new year, Hillsdale's entering its hundred and seventy fifth year, but in all of that time it still holds the same principles since eighteen forty four. The college was founded to teach students to seek truth, to recognize what is beautiful, and to hold up what is good. Most colleges have lost their way and are now in the grip of political correctness. They reject the idea of objective truth and peddle moral and cultural relativism. Not Hillsdale College. Hillsdale continues to provide sound learning essential to preserving civil and religious liberty. Hillsdale is my favorite college 
because it has stayed true to that mission and extends it nationwide on behalf of liberty. From its free online courses to its free speech digest and primus, from training leaders at their Kirby Center in Washington, D.C., to helping establish classical K-12 through charter schools nationwide, Hillsdale is educating Americans to restore our freedom. Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. This is Hillsdale College. Please visit hillsdale.edu to learn more. That's hillsdale.edu. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I, I envy, I envy the rank and file left. I despise them. But I envy them. They have fighters on their side. Not just fighters. Many fighters. Many fighters. They have a Schumer. We have a McConnell. They have a Pelosi. We have a what's-his-face. It's really an amazing thing to watch. The Democrats attack, the liberals attack, and the Republicans run. You heard McConnell. That says it all. <laughs> I'm, for ne- I'm for broader. I'm for whatever works. How about for a secure border? How many more times are we going to go down this road, ladies and gentlemen? We've been going down this road for half a century. And now more and more, the citizens of this country are being attacked by the media Attacked by left-wing organizations, attacked by big business, attacked by big government. You, the taxpayer. The country's being changed from within. I'm not talking about complexion or religion. That has nothing to do with it. The country is being changed from within. We don't have the kind of assimilation that we used to have. We just don't. We don't have the kind of limitations on immigration that we used to have. We just don't. We don't have vetting processes for illegal aliens, obviously. That's why they're illegal aliens. This is a fight not over immigration. This is a fight over whether people can come into this country illegally and break our law. And the Democrats say it's a fight over immigration and human rights. No, it's not a fight over immigration and human rights. It's a fight over lawlessness. Either you support our existing immigration laws and you want them enforced... Or you don't. They run around declaring sanctuary cities, nullifying federal law, defying federal law. And here we are negotiating with them. Trigger the damn National Emergencies Act and let the chips fall where they may. That's all we can do. Because I'm afraid McConnell and some of these others are about to sell us out. I'll be right back. Have you ever thought about the word education? It means to lead forth. Now, let me tell you about a place that leads forth. Hillsdale College. At Hillsdale, students are challenged to discover the right way forth by reading the greatest books by the greatest minds in history. And they learn the meaning of the three ultimate and related things, the good, the true, and the beautiful. Now, unfortunately, many of our nation's other colleges have lost their way. Locked in the grip of political correctness, they no longer allow free and open discourse. Rejecting the idea of objective truth, they peddle moral and cultural relativism. But as we begin a new year, we can be thankful that none of this applies to Hillsdale College. 
For almost two centuries, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. As Hillsdale enters its 175th year, it remains committed to offering its students the very best liberal arts education in the land, as well as to extending its mission nationwide through its many outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. These include free online courses, the publication of its Free Speech Digest and Primus, its Kirby Center for Constitutional Studies and Citizenship in Washington, D.C., and its Barney Charter School Initiative, which is helping to establish classical K-12 charter schools nationwide, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. This is Hillsdale College. Please visit Hillsdale. Go to hillsdale.edu to learn more. That's hillsdale.edu. Conservative and proud of it. Call the Mark Levin Show at 877-381-3811. We're dealing with a, a radical element in this country. The Democrat Party is not what it used to be. We talk about this all the time. It is a very radical party that has very radical ideas, and they're more than happy to skirt the law, that's what a sanctuary city is. And they're more than happy to create chaos. That's what's going on on the border. They do not share our fundamental principles. Period. They do not share our fundamental principles. And that's who we're negotiating with. So uh, this is a huge problem. And I do not think Mitch McConnell and these old bulls are up to the task. I don't even think they understand what they're confronting. They're used to making deals in which the Republicans sell out and more money is spent. That's what they are. That's what they do. They don't see this as an existential threat like you and I do. They just don't. Or if they do, they just don't care. Now, we're dealing with a party that has been radicalized. It's happened over a period of time, but it's radicalized. It is what it is. It's an Alinsky-like party. If one candidate moving further left than the others, we've discussed. Got Trotskyites, Maoists, Leninists, all kinds of ists. Moving further and further to the left, trying to outdo one another. And keep in mind, this is the party that elected two individuals, first two women Muslims, who are out of the closet anti-Semites. And I'm going to stick to that because that's exactly what they are. Out of the closet. The media are very tender in how they deal with them, very passive in how they deal with them. But they are what they are, bigots. This is a party, the Democrat Party, that rejects capitalism, that rejects private industry like the healthcare industry that is constantly attacking energy industries and law and order. I have a piece here. Democrats, this is from Fox News, to strike so help you God from oath taken in front of key house committee draft shows. So one of these committees is moving to eliminate the God reference from the oath administered to witnesses testifying before the panel as part of a new rules package expected to be approved this week, according to a draft obtained exclusively by Fox News. 
And the draft shows that the House Committee on Natural Resources would ask witnesses to recite only, do you solemnly swear or affirm under penalty of law that the testimony that you're about to give is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, period. The words, so help you, God, will be placed in red brackets, indicating they are slated to be cut in this draft. The draft rules also remove the phrase his and her throughout the document, changing those two pronouns to their. The rules additionally modify all references to the committee's chairman to instead refer only to the committee's chair. So the insanity in the streets is now the insanity in the House. Other rules change, uh, changes relate to expanding the committee's authority over natural gas in Alaska and fossil fuel resources. While many federal oaths include the phrase, so help me God, some, most notably the presidential oath of office, do not. The full committee is set to vote on the new language this week, and rules would take effect immediately if adopted. Other committees were still in the process of finalizing the rules on Monday. They really have become the party of Karl Marx, says House Republican Conference Chair Liz Cheney. She's right. And I'll challenge anybody who disagrees. I don't understand. The modern Democrat Party, the hard left, embraces Marxism. They embrace radical progressivism, which is the progeny of Marxism. And then if you say, you know what, you're a Marxist. What are you trying to say? Is this the Red Scare? No, actually, you're in charge of the Red Scare this time. You know, with Russia and all the rest. I'm going to continue to call them what they are. Continue to call them what they are. Well, Mitch McConnell looks down on you and me and thinks we're a bunch of rubes. And is, they run circles around him. They run circles around this fool, this buffoon. But to take God out of the oath in front of the committee, this is a big deal. We have a new rules, new rules we're going to put in place. God's out, the Bible's out, religion's out, government's in, government's in, government's in. There's no end to it. Because once you are unmoored, from our Constitution and unmoored from faith. What do you have left? What do you have left? As I've told you before, we're being conquered from within. That's what's, we're bleeding from within. Let's go to Teddy, Chicago, Illinois, Sirius Satellite. Go right ahead, please. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, yes. I'm, I'm really kind of calling to the listeners as well as to you. I called both my senators earlier today to remind them that not their infinite wisdom, their philosopher king stance of the world. I voted for them for Americanism, not globalism. And if they think they're going to go with Marco Rubio, the rhinos, and, you know, if you read Peter Schweizer's book about McConnell and Joe Biden, then we know how tied they are to China. You know, and if Trump, if he's a genius, he's going to shame these global Marxists for who they are right to their face and and invite all these families that have been sadly affected. So why, so, so why is, why are the Coke, why is the Coke network in the White House pushing amnesty? What, what, why do they even have a seat at the table? I, they shouldn't even, you know, 
they, they keep playing these politics, thinking, oh, we'll invite him, uninvite him. He needs to shame. I mean, I mean, I mean the Cokes don't even support him for president. They didn't even support him the first time. They're, they're not even Americanism. They're globalism. They're globalism, and we know who they are. Just like McConnell, Marco Rubio, like I was saying, these people think that they're going to go behind Trump. He's gonna, he needs to declare that national emergency. And Marco Rubio said he was going to stand against him. Well, I'm testing Mike Brown. Wait, wait, wait. What did he say? He, Marco Rubio said he does not support the national emergency declaration. Well, my commander... Well, well oh, slow down, sir. Well, where was he during the Obama administration? He was pandering to the left and to the right so that he could stay in politics. Okay, but if you oppose this as a fundamental constitutional matter, where were all these constitutionalists? He's not a constitutionalist. He's not the only one, though. People are saying, well, I thought you were a constitutionalist. You, you, uh, this is separation of powers issue. And I've gone through it a thousand times. And it's mostly the never-Trumpers who want to try and say they're the constitutionalists. No, they're not. They're hacks. They're hacks. You go through this, it's clear it's constitutional. The way the president wants to use it, it's certainly constitutional. There are aspects of it that I have big problems with. But you never heard of this law before, did you? The National Emergency Declaration? The National Emergencies Act of 1976. Well, we got the record. What is it? I said you never heard of it before, did you? I mean, nobody ever heard of it, really. Overall, no. But the continuity did you did you know did you know it had been used over fifty times since nineteen seventy six and that's why we can use it again did you know that thirty one of those emergencies are still considered in effect and Trump can override them with okay, one so act. thanks for your call he's not listening I'm saying folks that this is a phony argument that's coming up now it's a phony argument just trying to find another way to box Trump in. And if you have individuals on TV or radio who you're listening to or watching who say, no amnesty, but also say, don't use the National Emergencies Act, and you see the Republicans buckling in the Senate, these are people who have no solution to this, who just are positioning themselves. See that? I'm more right-wing. You're actually not right-wing. We're talking about the Constitution and securing the border. If we don't secure the damn border now, it's never going to be secured. I am not going to put the future of this country on the back of Mitch McConnell or the Koch brothers. What's right is right. Now that damn border needs to be secured. There's nothing radical about the idea. There's nothing immoral about the idea. There's nothing racist about the idea. Nobody said they oppose immigration. We oppose people coming into this country, breaking our laws, working their way into a legal status, citizenship, using benefits, tax dollars, being counted in the census. We're not even supposed to be here. There's something horribly wrong with that. We stand on principle. No matter what they call us. No matter how they spin this. And I'll be damned if we're going to follow the Republican Party off the edge of the cliff. That's not going to happen. Our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what is beautiful, and hold up what is good. 
But the vast majority of them have abandoned their missions. Locked in the grip of political correctness, they no longer allow free and open discourse. Rejecting the idea of objective truth, they peddle moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, none of this applies to Hillsdale College. For almost two centuries, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. As Hillsdale enters its 175th year, it remains committed to offering its students the very best liberal arts education in the land, as well as to extending its mission nationwide through its many outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. These include free online courses, the publication of its Free Speech Digest and Primus, its Kirby Center for Constitutional Studies and Citizenship in Washington, D.C., and its Barney Charter School Initiative, which is helping to establish classical K-12 charter schools nationwide. Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, this is Hillsdale College. Please visit hillsdale.edu to learn more. That's hillsdale.edu. Hillsdale.edu. these these leftists Kamala Harris what's her name AO whatever the hell her name is uh, AOC what do we call her AOC we'll call her AOC 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 and all the rest of them and then I see Republicans come on TV and not a damn one of them says this is about individual liberty if I'm a father, I want to decide for myself, for my spouse, for my children, what kind of health care we can have. Kamala Harris doesn't get to decide that. Faceless bureaucrats in Washington, D.C., like the DMV, they don't get to decide that. What about all these insurance companies everything? Well, exactly. Join us. Join us. Let us embrace the same system that we have that enables us to go to a grocery store and purchase basically whatever we want. We've made insurance so complicated. Why? Because the government controls it at the federal and state level. You can only offer plans that they approve. Well, why is that? If they're sound companies, you know, and you can check that out. That is the various government entities. They have auditors and so forth. If they're sound companies... Them offer whatever the hell they want. We'll have multitudinous plans for all kinds of ailments and needs at all kinds of prices. Why in the world would you confer power on the very government that screws up so damn much? Look at them. Listen to these fools. What do they know about health care that the health care experts don't know? You're dealing with ideologues, power-hungry politicians. Of course they want to control your health care. Then they control you. Of course they want to control climate change. Then they control what you do. And we open the door to them. Yes. You know what? I want free stuff. I really do. We're not a nation with a monarchy. And they sound like we are. We don't have a monarchy. It's a representative republic. Less so because of their ideology, not because of our philosophy. And yet it actually took a liberal billionaire 
Howard Schultz on CBS this morning to address Kamala Harris's Medicare for All. Not a Republican. Let's hit it. Cut three, go. When you compared um, Democrats' proposal to universal health care akin to a border wall in 60 minutes, is that what you mean? Well, you just played uh, Senator Harris as saying she wants to abolish the insurance industry. That's, that's not correct. That's not American. What's next? What, what industry are we going to abolish next? The coffee industry? Let's stop there. Now, he goes on to attack the Republicans who want to get rid of Obamacare. But that's not my point. I'm not voting for him. He's a liberal. I know what he is. But he just made a point that no Republican has made. What other industry does she want to control? What other industry does she think she can run? What other industry do we want to hand over to the federal government? The health industry? Hell, we would never offer, uh, give them the coffee industry. Why can't conservative Republicans or Republicans say these things? What the hell good are they? I'll be right back. Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, One more from this Howard Schultz on CNBC last night. He's running as an independent for president. It's awfully tough to do given all the ballot restrictions that exist. And, of course, the left-wing mob out there uh, shouts him down, follows him around, you know, much like the, uh, the, uh, the Venezuelan types from Maduro do. But here he is again. Making a point that Republicans should be making. Cut four, go. I believe that if I ran as a Democrat, I would have to say things that I know in my heart I do not believe, and I would have to be disingenuous. For example, what the progressive left-leaning Democratic Party is suggesting is government-paid health care for everyone, uh, which is free, government job free for everyone, and government paid college for everyone. I was a supporter and am a supporter of the Affordable Care Act, which I think can be improved and, and enhanced so that the premiums come down for families. But if you tally up those three programs over a 10-year period, it's approximately $40 trillion. And ladies and gentlemen, we are sitting right now with a national debt of $21.5 trillion on the balance sheet of our country. And if we were a company, if America was a company at $21.5 trillion of debt, adding a trillion dollars a year, we would be facing insolvency. No big deal, right? Here's what he's talking about. Here's Kamala Harris at a CNN town hall meeting last night. Cut six, go. What we know is that to to live in a civil society, to be true to the ideals and the spirit of who we say we are as a country, um, we have to appreciate and understand that access to health care 
is a is, it should not be thought of as a privilege. It should be understood to be a right. And you see, this is the phrase they've been. She's not an original thinker. She's a regurgitator. By that I mean she just regurgitates what others have said. She doesn't have an independent, original thought in her head, and she hasn't voiced one yet. So health care is a right, not a privilege. So let me address it. How do you address it? Okay, I'm a vet. And I don't like the health care I'm getting. It's a right. Well, I have a right to pick the doctor I want. I have the right to get the medicines I need, and as soon as I need them, I have a right to get the specialists that I want, and so forth and so on. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if health care is a right for the vast majority of you, what does that mean? Obama said health care is a right, and he gave us Obamacare. So you don't have rights under Obamacare. What are your rights under Obamacare? Can you pick the doctor you want? Well, only if they're in the network. Can you pick the specialist you want? Only if they're in the network. Can I pick any plan I want? No. It's this one, this one, or this one. Well, this one, this one, and this one don't really cover what I need, and they're very expensive. Too bad. So how is that a right? And why can't Republicans respond to this stuff? Ask the American people, I would say. Ask the American people with Obamacare. Do they feel it's a right? Now that they're limited in the choice of doctors, now that their premiums have gone through the roof, Now that it takes them forever to get cleared for a specialist, is that a right? Ask some of the people who have inferior veterans hospitals, and there's some good ones and there's some bad ones. Well, is that a right too? What does that mean it's a right, Kamala Harris? So you've got to deal with their their abstractive arguments with reality. And then you got to paint a picture of what could be, too. Imagine. If you could choose virtually whatever health care plan that you wanted. Imagine if you could choose a health care plan that you could afford. Imagine if you could choose a health care plan that didn't have coverages that you don't want. Imagine. Rather than three or four or two in some states, one, that you had 20, 25, or 30 choices. Imagine that you decide for your family what's best for your family. Imagine competition driving down costs. Why can't Republicans talk this way? Good Lord. Go ahead, Mr. Producer. Be understood to be something that all people should be entitled to so that they can live a productive life, so they can have What does that mean, all people should be entitled to health care? I'm quite serious about this. What does that mean? Well, I want to see that doctor over there. And I'm entitled to see that doctor. Well, you know, that doctor is an individual, too. That doctor has human rights, too. That doctor doesn't have to see everybody. No, no, no. Has to see me. Well, does the doctor have rights, too? How about the nurses? Do they have rights, too? How about the janitor in the hospital? Do they have rights, too? How about the technicians in the hospital? Do they have rights, too? Or are they indentured servants? I mean, what does this mean? That you're entitled That you're entitled? Go ahead. Having a system that makes a difference in terms of who receives what based on your income is unconscionable. No, 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 no. That's what insurance is for. That's why people have 
in the past, and you really can't anymore, it's very limited, just got catastrophic health care. If I could, that's what I would do. Catastrophic health care. But that's limited or, or eliminated or eliminated. It's not a matter of getting health care if you're wealthy. When you go in an emergency room, they don't ask you for your IRS returns. They don't ask you how much you're worth. Do they? No. If you need help, you get help in this country. If you need drugs and you can't afford them, pharmaceutical companies, if you can demonstrate it, give them to you for free or some de minimis cost. People who can't afford health care in this country, I'm not talking about most of you, where it's an incredibly difficult expense as a result of the further centralization of government and therefore health care. But people who are poor in this country, they're on Medicaid. People come into this country, set foot in this country. They know how to play the system and get Medicaid. You're paying for all that. And now they want you to pay for more. Who's going to pay for free college? Who's going to pay for all the, the debt that's owed to banks on student loans? Who's going to pay for free health care for all? What kind of insane party has the Democrat Party become? With this insane ideology, this Marxist ideology. It doesn't work. It never will work. But here's the kicker. Cut seven. Go. To follow up on that, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, to reiterate, you support uh, the Medicare for All bill, I think, initially co-sponsored by Senator Bernie Sanders. You're also a co-sponsor on on it. Slow down, Jake. Slow down. You'll get your liberalism out in a moment. Go ahead. ...private insurance. Um, So for people out there who like their insurance, they don't get to keep it? Well, listen, the idea is that everyone gets access to medical care. And you don't have to go through the process of going through an insurance company, having them give you... Whoa, 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 whoa. You know, the funny thing, Mr. Producer, when I want to get a license renewed or need something on my car, I don't have to go through an insurance company either. I have to get in this long line and get a number and stand there sometimes for 50 minutes, 60 minutes for the most minor task related to my automobile. There's no insurance company involved. Folks, those of you who actually pay taxes and have to have your income tax returns filled out, you do it or an accountant does it, there's no insurance company between you and the IRS. There's no insurance company between you and the federal government and all the regulations and rules to open a restaurant, to maintain a restaurant, to get a cab. There's no insurance company between you and the government. And she makes it sound, well, get rid of the insurance companies and everything will be lovely because the government works so effectively. Since when? Where? Tell me where. Name one place. Post office is broke. Name one place. The EPA is out of control. Regulations up the wazoo. They're not customer friendly. They don't have to be. Actually, the post office has gotten pretty good. I'm talking about the rest of the federal government. The rest of the federal government. Well, get rid of the uh, uh, the insurance. Have you ever dealt with the Social Security Administration? 
My father just passed away, as you know. Have you ever dealt with the Social Security Administration? It is a disaster. You've got vets who are fighting with the VA. Most of us don't have to fight with the VA. You ought to ask some of them what they have to go through. Again, some are good. It's hit and miss. How about your school? Let's take it to a local level. You have a complaint with your school. Boy, they're really customer friendly, aren't they? You can't decide which teacher your kid gets. The principal might be a jerk. The union runs the place. Oh, yeah, but there's no insurance company between you and them. You know, you get rid of the insurance companies and uh, we'll get rid of all the paperwork and everything will be just swell. We get rid of the paperwork. Those of us who file taxes, isn't there a form telling the IRS that you have health care? Oh, yeah, there's a form. Even the, even the IRS gets in on it. So let's stop playing games here. One of the reasons your doctor sits there with a laptop on his lap is because of Obamacare. Uh, code number, what is it? Uh, hemorrhoids, what is that again? 1H, I can't remember. Mary, Nurse Mary, what's hemorrhoids? Uh, the number. They're sitting there typing in it. They're servants of the government. They have to type it in. Go ahead. The paperwork, all of the delay that may require. Who of us have, has not had that situation where you got to wait oh, for approval? She, and, and, and keep something in mind. She's been a local prosecutor, state attorney general, senator for two years, and she's got all the fixes. Ladies and gentlemen. This is just BS. I could do this. I could run for president and say, let me tell you something. We're going to have single payer. I'm going to get rid of all the paperwork, all the obstacles that are in front of you. We're going to get rid of that. We're going to make it much more efficient because it's a right. It's not a privilege, and it ought to be free. The rich ought to pay their way. The rich ought to pay their way. I mean, some guy has $50 million. What's he need with the other $20 million? He can live off $30 million. I'll take the $20 million. What's the big deal to him? Nothing. That's all. It's a right. You have a right. And the insurance companies are preventing you with their obstructive paperwork. They're preventing you. They're stopping you. And while we're at it, college. College is a right. Education of our children. Our young adult children, so they're better off in the country. That shouldn't depend on how much you have. You shouldn't have to go out and get a loan. Everybody should have access to free education. Absolutely. And if you took out a loan and you can't pay it, you shouldn't be burdened with that. Maybe you want to write poetry. Maybe you, you never know. Maybe you want, to, you, you want to paint portraits. You know, there are things you want to do. You shouldn't have to take a job that you don't want in order to pay back a loan. So the government will take over your loans. What else? What else do you want? We already have the food stamp program. We already have a heating program, an air conditioning program. We already have Medicaid. Here's what they really mean. Ready on the health care, Mr. Producer? It's not Medicare for all. It's Medicaid for all. You understand the difference? We're all going to be on welfare. We're all going to get the lowest of the low kind of medical coverage 
treatment, I should say. Innovations are going to go away, whether in medical care, technology, pharmaceutical, all go away. All go away. If this really works, why hasn't it worked anywhere else? Well, you know, Britain, go ahead and use their health care service. Go ahead. Nobody likes their health care service. The people there, they do now because they don't know any better. That's where they are. I love my health care system. And he's talking and his tooth falls right out. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Kamala Harris, you know, ladies and gentlemen, you have a right to health care. It's right there in the Constitution. Where is it? Well, you know, it's the invisible part right there with abortion. But what you don't have a right to is a gun. Kamala Harris, cut nine, go. I think that somebody should have required, and this is going to sound very harsh, I think somebody should have required all those members of Congress to go in a room, in a locked room, no press, no one, nobody else, and look at the autopsy photographs of those babies. And then you vote your conscience. This has become a political issue. I have an idea. We can do that. I have a better idea. I think all the gun control fanatics should be required to go overseas to Auschwitz. And see what happened there when people were disarmed. Maybe to the Warsaw Ghetto. Or the remnants of it. To see what people did who had minor firearms going up against the Third Reich. And how long they lasted. And what they could have done if they had been fully armed. I think Kamala Harris and her ilk should go take a look at what used to be the the wall. The Berlin Wall. I think Kamala Harris, there's a lot of places in the world that you could visit, a lot of places in this country you can visit. Or if the people were properly armed, they would not have suffered. They wouldn't have been destroyed. I fear for our country, ladies and gentlemen, when she is promoted like this in the media and there's some popularity that swirls around her. I fear for this country. If she takes that same attitude and applies it to our military... We're finished. We can't have another leftist in the White House when China's on the move and Russia's on the move, North Korea and Iran and the rest. We can't have another leftist in the White House. They continue to just claw away at our liberties. You see, for Kamala Harris, the Bill of Rights, it's like a buffet. She chooses what she likes and discards what she doesn't like. But that's not what the framers intended. The Bill of Rights, which came after the Constitution, nonetheless, the Bill of Rights are intended to protect you from her and her ilk on the left. They're intended to protect you. And that's the truth. What a disgrace. What a disgrace the Democrat Party has become. What a bunch of crackpots running for President of the United States. And the scary thing is, The media trying to destroy Trump and trying to promote opposition. And they have a lot of influence. 
We'll be right back. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. Establishment's worst nightmare. Mark Levin. Call in now. 877-381-3811. It's bad enough. Your IRS problems ruined 2018. Are you really going to drag that nightmare into the new year? Consider what's at stake when the IRS has you in their sights, your paycheck, your bank account, your business, even your home. Now, you're smart. You know better to deal with the IRS alone. You need expert help. But who? They're all the same, right? Wrong. Optima Tax Relief is America's number one tax resolution firm. Optima knows that behind every tax problem are honest, hardworking Americans with families, paychecks, and bank accounts to protect. So when you engage Optima to fight for you and protect what's yours, you're getting a proven award-winning team. A team who can help stop the aggressive collection actions and help put your IRS problem behind you. That's how Optima has saved nearly a billion dollars for its clients. So call for your free consultation while you still have options. Call 800-499-6300, 800-499-6300. That's 800-499-6300. Victor Davis Hansen, one of the great conservative thinkers out there. How are you, sir? Very good, Mark. Thanks for having me on. Well, I got to know you a little bit, and I really like you. You're a very, very good guy, and it was a pleasure to have you on my Fox show. And you've written, and you always do, you wrote a great piece at National Review, and uh, you're talking about the the progressive race to the bottom. Explain what you mean by that. Well, I, I think the left is in a cycle of revolution now that each each new speaker, each new platform is considered passé. And it's just racing to the bottom or the logical extension of progressivism. Uh, Democrats became liberals, became progressives, became socialists. And now where do you go, Mark, beyond abortion on demand uh, in the late in the third trimester or banning the internal combustion engine within 10 years or abolishing all student debt or Medicare for everybody? It's really hard to see how you can get much further along that redistribution of socialist line. And you can see these guys that parade before the cameras, Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, it's kind of like a North Korean re-education center. They apologize for their prior positions because they're afraid that it's going to be seemed incorrect. Even the Obama seemed quaint compared to some of these, these people that are going to be running for president. 
How did, how did this happen? And it seems to have happened in the last 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah, I, I think it predated Trump, obviously. Part of it was the Republicans with globalization and the hollowing out of the interior. And I, I guess I'd call it blue stocking or silk stocking Republicanism didn't offer an alternative, at least at the presidential level. They did at the local and state, but you know, McCainism and, and Romneyism just didn't appeal as an alternative paradigm. And then I, I think the Democrats were also the party of the big rich. We, we forget all of that Wall Street and Silicon Valley fortunes, you know, the Bloombergs, the Steyers, the Facebook, Google fortunes, um, the Buffett fortunes, they're all now left wing. And we really saw in 2016 they fuel everything from vote harvesting to midterm pack activity and a lot of people, it gave them a lot of momentum, and it's been going on for a long time. And then finally, the universities, there's no old-style liberals. When I was in university, we still had guys trained in the 50s and 60s, and while they were on the left, they were disinterested. And then they trained our generation as progressives, and our, tra- uh, prog- our generation took over the university and trained leftists. And now leftists are training socialists. So, it's sort of like the cycles of the French Revolution. They just have to play out until you get you get to the Jacobin, Jacobin Robespierre point where there's no further you can, nothing you can do. They, they start eating each other, and I think that's starting to happen already. If you see the anti-Catholic, anti-Semitic Ocasio-Cortez, Kamala Harris, uh, Talib, Rashida Talib, that's the future, the face already of the Democratic Party. Problem is they drag us with them, you know. If they want to duke it out among themselves, that's fine by me. But the rest of us, uh, kicking and screaming, we, we're dragged along here. I, I, I'm concerned about this because, as we all are, because I listened to McConnell today, and and he they say, well, what's you know, what's your idea for some kind of deal here? He says, will you go narrow? Will you go broad? Whatever deal we can make, whatever works. Now that's not right whatever works. The problem in part, I think, Victor, is we do not have individuals who stand up, go on TV, and can articulate liberty and private property and commerce and things in a way that people can understand. It's, it's really amazing that people can become, you can become the Senate majority leader and you can't talk. I agree. I think we have to realize that what progressivism is is a very elitist it's a, it's a program for the very rich so they don't feel guilty by giving concessions to the very poor and it's aimed at the middle class the majority of americans and every tenet of it whether it's illegal immigration that destroys uh legal immigration for hard-working people in asia and africa who wait their turn or low wage earners in the united states but we don't articulate that this progressivism is an elitist, selfish cult almost, and it's not—it's not a humanistic—it's not a humanistic, uh, not a humanistic creed. Uh, this whole profile of these young hipsters that prolong obsolescence—they go in and out of the university. They want us to pay for their student, all their student loans. Uh, they don't—we're not producing children and families like we. That—that's not a pathway to civilization success. And it, we we have to say to the country, do we really want some guy who was driving a, tr- a truck at 18 and worked his entire life, who didn't go to college, to have to pay taxes to pay for somebody's anthropology degree that he got mm-hmm. in eight years of schooling? But we never we never look at these issues from 
the point of view of humanity and fairness and how they affect middle-class people. Instead, it's we just take it. They call us a nativist, a racist, a xenophobe, a homophobe, a sexist. And we think, what, what do we have to do so you don't do that? We really saw that, Mark, in that Covington lynch mob. I mean, our guys were, were on the other team just because they were so paranoid of being called that they would be laid out of the gates and they might not be, uh, they might not be so condemnatory of these white Catholic uh, kids that they so much wanted to demonize so they would virtue signal that they were not part of the Trump movement. And that, that, that's really disturbing. You know, seeing all this, it troubles you, as I know it troubles me, and I think when it troubles you, you sit down and you write a piece, right? This is one way you can vent. I, I get behind a microphone. You and I and millions of people listening to this program, we see where we're headed. Well, seeing where we're headed, how, how can the never-Trumpers justify themselves? I mean, they see that this know. is a turning point here. I don't know. I I know them just like you know them. You've known them your whole lives. I have too. Some of them are great people, but they don't understand that in the real world. I was a farmer for a number of years. I still live in a farm. I I, I see fifty two one percent or fifty five percent of a question as as a game. You never get what you completely want. And I know Donald Trump can be crude and crass, but right now he's all that's standing between mm-hmm. radical socialism and, in America. And whether you like him or not, whether it's judicial picks or trying to do something on the border or renegotiating deals with China or getting us over 3% GDP, he's been successful. And I think now it's a psychological mechanism with these never Trumps. They cannot, they cannot concede that because it, 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 for them it symbolizes the whole destruction of their worldview. So they're now actually adopting policies they used to fight simply because Trump's fingerprints are on them. It's it's really disturbing. They do. I know they don't have a lot of numbers, and Trump won ninety percent of the Republican electorate in two thousand sixteen. But on these independent voters, that key rubric, they have, they do a lot of damage, and I, I've lost patience with them because they're doing the country a lot of damage, and they're just doing out of vain and egocentric reasons for the most part. I, I don't even engage them anymore. I dismiss them because there's. They can't be persuaded of anything. Not that they have to agree with me or you, but it's it's the. Let me ask you. Let me put it to you this way: Are they more troubling than the hardcore leftists to you? They're more irritating. I don't think they'll do as much damage in the long run because they have some vestiges of conservatism. But where I work at the Hoover Institution, I write for National Review. That that's the people I deal with all day. They're never Trump Republicans. And they have a social and class and cultural disdain for people who vote for Trump or still support him. And so my day is, how dare you? I'm told, how dare you vote for this guy? He's, and it, it, there's also a troubling class snobbishness about it. Something about Trump's accent, his appearance, his resonance with the middle class. That he says, our farmers, our vets, he connects with people. They don't like that. They don't like it at all. And so they label it as, you know, a, Hitlerian populism or something, but uh, Trump hit at something that was wrong with the Republican Party, and you, you've articulated it, Rush Limbaugh has, but for the elite punditry, they, they just can't see it because they're a part of it themselves. Well, I want to thank you for what you do, and you do it in a lot of places, and uh, just keep it up, and uh, we'll keep plowing ahead. I'll tell you, I worry about this next election because the media and the Democrats want to put this president out. If they can't, they want to smear him to such an extent. 
where it's difficult to win re-election. And you can see how they're already treating these hardcore leftists, really with kid gloves. Kamala Harris doesn't get any real examination. You got this 28, 29-year-old out of... Uh, uh, out of New York, as you point out, she won like fifteen, sixteen thousand votes in the primary, and all of a sudden, she's this great figure. She's a media fabrication, is she not? Yeah, yeah, she is. She is. I think all of us, according to our station, have to do all we can when people, and we just have to keep not get afraid and not not fear the mob, and just keep plugging. Everybody has a role to play according to their own abilities and station and taste, and we've got to support each other. But boy. This 2020 is an election for the soul of the country. It really is. You know, let me ask you this before I let you go, because I've thought about this. You're a man of history. You're a professor. You've studied. You've written. I'm sort of a pedestrian historian. I read as much as I can get my hands on. And people say, what do you do for a hobby? Well, that's what I do. And you look back. You see how these republics have failed, how other countries have failed. And you see us moving in that direction, and it becomes enormously frustrating, does it not? Yeah, it does, because it doesn't work. We know that in Venezuela or Cuba or Mao or the Soviet Union or even the EU, wherever it takes hold, this redistribution socialism doesn't work. It's nihilistic. But but the culture, the rotting of the culture. It's a religion for agnostics and atheists. It really is. Mm-hmm. And we know it, and it has a certain base appeal to people to get something for nothing or feel good about themselves by giving away somebody else's money. And we know the pathology, but it's almost as if it's addictive. And uh, it, it's destructive and it's nihilistic. And you, when you watch these cycles and you want to warn, you sort of feel like you're, you know, you're Cassandra is just saying, hey, watch out. And they think you're nuts, but we're not nuts. Your listeners are not crazy. And we're not crazy, and uh, but we're trying to warn the country, not in a mean way, but we've tried, we've gone down this in the early, in mid-60s, and we sort of averted it. We tried it in the 30s during the Depression. We averted it for a while. So we have these bouts of these pathologies, but we, we've got we've to get our immune system stronger because mm-hmm. it's a destructive malady. If it takes hold, we've seen what it does to entire nations and cultures and classes. All right, my friend. Appreciate it. Be well and take care of yourself. Thank you for having me, Mark. All right. It's a good man, Victor Davis Hanson. I recommend you read whatever he writes. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. This Valentine's Day, try something different. Give the gift that will transform your bedroom into a luxury suite night after night with a brand new set of bowl and branch sheets. By the way, it's B-O-L-L, bowl and branch sheets, the softest and most comfortable sheets in the world made from 100% pure organic cotton. And because they sell directly to you at bowlandbranch.com, there are no middleman markups. Their sheets are half the cost of designer brands and twice the quality. Plus, they arrive beautifully packaged, making them the perfect gift for Valentine's Day. Bowl and Branch Sheets have thousands of five-star reviews and hundreds of thousands of Americans, including three U.S. presidents, better than that, me, are sleeping better than ever on Bowl and Branch Sheets. Try them risk-free for a month. Hello? Risk-free for a month. Get $50 off your first sheet of sheets plus 
free shipping with promo code MARK. That's $50 off plus free shipping at bowlandbranch.com, promo code MARK. That's bowlandbranch.com, promo code MARK. It's spelled B-O-L-L and branch.com, promo code MARK. Give them a try. Risk-free for a month? Let me give it to you again. I know it's hard to believe. Ballandbranch.com, B-O-L-L and branch.com, promo code MARK. All right. Let's take a couple of calls here. What do you say? Let us go to Doug, Denver, Colorado, XM Satellite. Go. Hey, uh, Mark, thanks for taking my call. You got it. Um, wanted to uh, ask a couple questions kind of in the same vein of the discussions you've been having relative to Kamala and your previous guests and right. you know, what appears to be the successful dismantling of this country by the socialists. Um, Colorado. You know, they call them socialists. They're really Marxists, but okay, I'll play along. Go ahead. Okay. Um, Colorado recently today passed a party-line vote for the National uh, Electoral College Compa- Interstate Compact Act, I guess where there's 11 other states that are considering passing bills like this that would grant all of the electoral votes for the state to the winner of the national um, popular vote. What would happen, that's right, is that enough states would get together in a so-called compact, if they can get to the point of 271 or 270, and then agree that if a candidate, that they will, they will assign their electoral votes to the candidate who wins the popular vote in the nation. Which basically eliminates the Electoral College. Now, the reason they're pushing it as a compact, because they know they could not get a constitutional amendment to support that. Because it requires, you know, for ratification, three-fourths of the states or conventions of the states. That's not going to happen. So they're trying to go around and call it a compact. And when you look at Article 2, Section 1 of the Constitution... I've been looking at this very carefully because this is just another way that they have to try and destroy our republic. It says, each state shall appoint in such manner as the legislature thereof may direct a number of electors. And that's where it ends, right? Wrong. Look at Article 1, Section 10. What does that say? No state shall, without the consent of the Congress, enter into any agreement or compact with another state or with a foreign power. So Congress has to approve it. But even more than that, you are effectively amending the Constitution through a compact. Those of us who support Convention of States, Article 5 Convention of States, see we're honorable people. We're honest people. There's the Constitution. There's the general process on how you amend it without going through Congress. It's still a big ride. It's still very difficult to do. You need to persuade state legislatures Uh, We have persuaded, I think, 12 of them, maybe 14, something like that. Uh, That's not what these people are doing because they're mostly leftists or there's some Republicans who've thrown in because they think it's a swell idea. The national popular vote. We have a national popular vote. We also have an electoral college. And the electoral college is there for one significant reason. That's so the small states aren't overwhelmed by the big states. So metropolitan areas in this country don't have the power over all the rest of the country, much like the news media. The news media basically come out of the far left coast and the far uh, left left coast on the east coast, right? They don't represent many of the people in between. They're all based in Washington or New York or Los Angeles, the vast majority of them. And that's the kind of politics that you'll get. Already, 
They're breaking it down by insisting on continuing to account people who are in this country illegally who aren't citizens in order to kick up the number of, uh, of electoral college votes they have. But they say, hey, let's get rid of it all together through a compact. Obviously, this would be litigated all the way to the Supreme Court as well. Anyway, I hope I answered your question. I'll be right back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. You see who the media hired? Jeff Flake. CBS News hired Jeff Flake as a contributor. Now, why would they do that? So they can say they have another Republican? CNN has hired three former Weekly Standard writers. Weekly Standard obviously went out of business because it was a was just hostile to Trump and in many ways irrational. You can disagree with this president. Just do it in a reasoned, rational way. But then you can also support him. And there's a lot to support, quite frankly, particularly if you're a Reaganite, particularly if you're conservative. That's how I draw my conclusions. So Jeff Flake, let's listen to this Flake. Cut 11, go. I've always said that I, I do hope that uh, there is a Republican who challenges the president in the primary. I still hope that somebody does, but that somebody won't be me. Uh, I will not be a candidate. Sir, nobody cares about you. Nobody cares about you. You did nothing in the Senate. You're a huge disappointment. You gave aid and comfort to the left. You became another media creation. Who, who cares? But it's, I'm just showing you, not him, but how the media do this. They, they pick Republicans for the most part. There's Steve Cortez. I've come to like this guy. I don't know anything about him. He's on CNN. That poor, that poor guy, he's fighting for his, uh, for his reputation every time he's on there. They try and destroy his character. I don't know why. Take their paycheck and tell them to shove it, Steve. But Flake, and then, uh, as I say, CNN picked up three from, uh, from the Weekly Standard. 
Meanwhile, none of them will come on here. We've asked this Jim Acosta to come on this program multiple times. They don't even reply anymore. They don't even respond. Mr. Tough Guy, who's in the press room, attacking uh, Sanders, then attacks the president, attacks uh, Sebastian Gorka. Mr. Tough Guy, I just want you to come on my show. You don't even need a pass. You don't even need a press pass. Now he's writing a book. He's a fraud. Everything he's done was focused on promoting himself, either getting a show or writing a book and so forth. This is the greatest threat to freedom of the press ever. He's also a moron. He doesn't even know history. But that's why they hire him over at CNN, I think. Right, Jake? That Roger Stone, he may, he may like prison, right, Jake? Well, I meant the publicity, of course. Sure he did. Anyway, uh, there's another billionaire out there, Mike Bloomberg. Now, it's like Bloomberg and Schultz are kind of pairing because Bloomberg today sounded a little bit like this guy, Schultz. Here's what he had to say. Cut 12, go. A lot of elected officials have embraced the idea of a green new deal, great green new deal, and that's great. It's become fashionable to do so, but I think it's time as a party that we started putting some. Wait a minute, which party are you with again? I forgot. What's he today, Mister Bidu? A Democrat? I remember when he was a Republican, an Independent, and now a Democrat, of course. A man of negotiable principles, with his feet firmly in the air. Go ahead. Exactly how a Green New Deal should, inc- what it should include. And I believe that that plan should be bold and ambitious and most importantly. Wait, 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 wait. So, see, we got these catchphrases and the left. We need a Green New Deal. The hell is a Green New Deal? It's nothing more than, again, an attack on growth, wealth creation, jobs, capitalism. We need a Green New Deal. We had enough of the first one. We need a new New Deal. How about that one? Or an old New Deal or a new old deal. This guy's a schlemiel. Look it up. I'm, uh, I don't know what they mean by a Green New Deal, but it needs to be bold and it needs to be ambitious and most importantly achievable. You know, while all these discussions are going on, ladies and gentlemen, and you, and you go to work, all these things are going to affect your lives. You may think they don't. They may turn you off. You may not want to listen to this, but this will affect your life one day and the life of your children and your grandchildren and children yet born. A new Green Deal or a Green New Deal is nothing more than another hard left whack at a republic and your freedom. Go ahead. I'm a little bit tired of listening to things that are pie in the sky that we never are going to pass or never going to afford. I think it's just disingenuous to promote those things. You've got to do something that's practical. Okay, like the Green New Deal. So you've got a few billionaires here who are taking on the 28, 29-year-old, taking on Kamala Harris. It's fun to watch. But it's like uh, the left fighting the far left. Let us go to cut 13. Go. 
businesses, you have to plan for the future. You have to protect yourself from things that are coming down the pike. And that should be no different in government as well. Uh, unfortunately, we do have a president that doesn't see it that way. He failed at business, and now I think it's fair to say he is failing at government. Uh, his own administration produced a damaging report showing that we face what they called substantial damage. You know what, dummy? You know what, dummy? Let me tell you something. He hasn't failed. His administration created, you know who those were. Those were Obama holdovers. This guy's a nobody, too. Go ahead. Economy, environment, and human health from climate change. And you know what the president said in response? You know why he's mad? You want to really know why he's mad? Because AOC, AOC, she'll be referred to AOC here, because AOC attacked the helipad. Remember she attacked the helipad, Mr. Producer? So he took a couple of times. So he took that very personally. He takes the attack by AOC very, very personally. And now he starts trying Trump is a is a failed businessman. He's a billionaire. I wish I were such a failed businessman. <laughs> and what else? His own administration has a damaging report. No, you can say his own administration, but they were Obama holdovers. See, this is why a guy like this troubles me. Does he read any of the actual reports? Does he read any of the actual criticism of these reports? No. He's like AOC in many ways. Go ahead. I don't believe it, he said. How can you possibly not believe it? I hate to break this to you. Mr. Uh, let, me, let me break something to you, dummy. There's a lot of people who don't believe it, who have PhDs in the field and master's degrees in the field, who've written extensively about it. Much of the science isn't science at all. Much of the science is ideology. We know this from emails and other things that took place. So that's how you don't believe it. There's a lot of reasons not to believe it. Not that the climate doesn't change, but that you or I or anybody else can control it. You know, my wife and I were talking about this today. It's snowing where we live. And this is why they changed it from global warming to climate change. Because no matter what happens, no matter what happens, they can point to you and me as the problem. The climate will always change. It'll be a little warmer be a little cooler. There is no exact perfect climate, temperature, condition. So they're always going to be able to point to something. And that's the game that they play. And apparently Bloomberg also hasn't read about the no-growth movement. Apparently Bloomberg hasn't read what some of these Marxists on the left write about, how they, how they hijack the environmental movement. So there's no legitimate debate, you see. Go ahead. But if you don't believe in science, don't go to the doctor. We do believe in science, dummy. You don't believe in science. You believe in ideology. And I'm sick and tired of billionaires who fly around in their jets and have their helicopters and their phalanx of uh, limousines and everything. I'm not against it. I'm sick and tired of them lecturing you and me. We don't have any of those things. This is all aimed at controlling you. This is all aimed at making you poorer. This is all aimed at making you uh, a uniform and to conform to what they demand. You lack your individuality to take success from you, material wealth from you. They have theirs, and you don't get to get yours. That's what this is all about. Even with Kamala Harris, she may not be wealthy, but she attained power. 
She's in a position that 100 people out of 300 and some million people actually have. They have theirs. You can't get yours. Let's go to cut 14, please. Go ahead. Look, I think the president's job, president really has two jobs. One is to what I call run the railroad. And so to make sure. Well, that's very uh, Mussolini of you. (laughs) He doesn't even know that's a Mussolini line. Dummy. Go ahead. Parts of government work and implement the laws we passed, for example, the pro-environmental laws, everyone describe them, and that's not happening. You should appoint people. What do you mean that's not happening? What's not happening exactly? Go ahead. The interests of what the law that was approved tried to have. He's rambling. I don't even know what law he's talking about. What outcomes he's taught, he has no idea. Go ahead. ...in the other direction, and um, that will help a lot. Uh, the second thing is the president's job is to be the unifier and the cheerleader and the spokesperson for the public. No, not- the president's job, pal, first and foremost, is what? To follow the Constitution. He takes that oath. Not to follow the radical pro-environmental movement, as you call it. Not to be the cheerleader. And I might add, this president has, in many respects, tried to unite the American people. But he's pulled and attacked and the media is attacking and so forth and so on. And he fights back. Go ahead. Tell the public what they should believe. It is to explain to the public what the president's vision is and why she or he thinks it's the right direction to go. No, no, that's politics. That's okay. My vision, my vision is this, my vision is that. No, the job is to follow the Constitution, work within the Constitution, to try and protect our liberty to try and protect our private sector, our private property rights, to protect the country on the border, to protect the country from foreign foes, to do the things that people in the private sector can't do by themselves. And I don't mean redistribution of wealth and all that baloney. I'm talking about doing things that only government can do. And why does Mr. Bloomberg, who's running for president, he will, why does he need this explained to him? Why? Because he's a progressive. That's why. What he means by this is the president should be telling you of his progressive, as in movement, not in action, progressive vision. Big government in the environment, big government in health care, big government in your face, but we'll make it work, of course. We've got to get the trains to run on time. Does Bloomberg understand that he effectively quoted or paraphrased Benito Mussolini? Does he? I think it would be more effective if he quoted like Thomas Jefferson or Benjamin Franklin or George Washington. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. As we continue our conga line here, Senator Elizabeth Warren. Now, look, she's a good joke. You have to admit that. She's on MSLSD last night. She will not come on Life, Liberty, and Levin. Bernie Sanders won't come on Life, Liberty, and Levin. AOC won't come on Life, Liberty, and Levin. 
There's so many of them running. I, maybe we'll get one out of 50. I don't know. Don't they all sound alike? I don't mean their inflections and so forth. They're, they're propaganda. So here's Elizabeth Warren on enforcing her wealth tax. Let's hear what she has to say. Go. The second part about the proposal is built right into the proposal is much higher auditing. Mm-hmm. So that you need the more IRS wealthy, personnel. That's right. You need them generally. Good. So more IRS personnel because we need enforcers when we steal your wealth. This isn't a tax. It is steal your property. That's what it is. So we got to steal your property. we got to tax the hell out of you. And uh, it's a right, you see. It's a right for the government to steal these things from you and give them to somebody else. What about the Second Amendment? That's not a right. But, but it's in the Constitution. But we say it's not. Health care is a right. You know, if health care is a right, I want you to think about this. I think you call Kamala Harris, the Senate 12, and say, okay, health care is a right. What does that mean exactly? You have a right to health care. No, 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 no. Do I have a right to any doctor I want? Do I have a right to any hospital I want? Do I have a right to any prescription I need? Do I have a right to all these things? Sure you do. Sure you do. It's not a problem. You can really be stupid and be on the left. You really can be stupid and be on the left. Because it's all about what does somebody want? How do we redistribute things? What's fair as opposed to... I need to invent things, I need to create things, I need to figure out how to manage things. No, 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 you don't understand. Like AOC once said, they want to talk about money. I want to talk about what needs to be. I'm the future. No, you're an idiot. Let's go to Latanya, Las Vegas, Nevada, KDON, the great KDWN. Go. How are you doing there, Mr. Levine? I am so honored to, first of all, be able to speak to you. I want to tell you, sir, that I think your passion, your passion, and you're passionate about what you say and what you feel, but you're also very open-minded. And you're using the platform that God has blessed you to encounter to give others the same opportunity. I came into this radio station, which is in Vegas, 101.5 FM. They said in 720 KDON, That's it. Those are our guys. So, listen, I found this station by my radio changing and my DVD went out, so I started listening to you. And because of you, I keep it on 24 hours so I don't miss your Thank time you. or you. when you come in. But listen, yeah. I have a few things I want to say real quick because I'm in a lot of pain. Oh, What's wrong? I first of all, I want to tell you that I did not vote for Trump. I did not like him. Right. But I have come to really have a lot of admiration and respect for him, and I'm very disgusted and hurt with the Democrats. My, the thing I love about Trump now is he's a man with some, with some, with some backbone, I'll say, to him mm-hmm. to stand mm-hmm. for the people. We need that border. And just like we need that border, yeah, like Pelosi is talking about, we need help with the other things like rushing them over there, China, talking about the nuclear thing, but also our climate and all this stuff. 
But the thing is, if we can tell a two-year-old little kid, don't touch the outlet of a socket because it can electrocute you, or don't touch the fire, we have to be just as concerned like we would a toddler to tell them about both things that are dangerous, not just one. So I feel like Trump is taking a stand against the border because if those people didn't bring all the drugs in, our country wouldn't be flooded with the opioid over, oh, overdosing problem that we have come into a, an epidemic about. I, I like what you have to say, Latanya, and I hope you'll call again. I much appreciate it. Our great affiliate, Kadon, do call again, please. We'll be right back. Mark Levin, a proud fanatic for the Constitution. Call him now. At 877-381-3811. What's your gift this Valentine's Day? How about taking 10 or 15 years off your appearance with the new Genesal jawline treatment? No more turkey neck or double chin or sagging jawline, and it works amazingly well. Just listen to Linda B. from Marina Del Rey. I love your jawline cream. It really works. I mean, I really see a difference, and people never believe my age. It works. And from now till Valentine's Day, the brand new Genesel jawline treatment is yours free, free, when you order Genesel for bags and puffiness under the eyes. And for results in 12 hours, the Genesel immediate effects is also free. Go to Genesel.com or call 800-SKIN-604. Say goodbye to that double chin, bags under your eyes, even those laugh lines and crow feet are gone. Guar- listen, guaranteed or your money back. Call 800-SKIN-604 or go to Genesel.com. Call in the next 20 minutes and get the Genesel XV Collagen Builder and free express shipping. Crazy offer, two weeks only. Call 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604 or go to Genesel.com. We've had some good callers here. Dare I jump back into the gene pool? I think I will. Nick, Long Island, New York, the great WABC. Go. How are you doing, Mark? Thanks for taking my call. Great show. Thank you. So I'm listening to all these liberals, these brilliant liberals that are throwing their hat in the ring to run for president, and all of them lead with the idea of this free health care and this free health care utopia. But what I want to know is when one of them is going to come out and have the guts to say that Obamacare was a failure, because they wouldn't need to lead with health care if Obamacare would have worked the way they thought it was going to work. And when someone's going to actually challenge them on the idea that it is a failure, that's a great point. And in extending on your point or expanding on your point, which I think is a great point, when they say they want to take Obamacare, they want to take your health care away, shouldn't the Republicans say, actually, they want to take your Obamacare away? We want to give you more health care. They want to give you more government. They're really missing an opportunity, the Republicans, to pounce on this whole thing. And it's, it's really disappointing. They need another person in the party that's like Trump who could be a spokesman out there because they have nobody who could do the job like he does out in the field. Well, the problem is, look at the Senate and the House. Look at McConnell. Do you think McConnell connects with the average citizen? No, absolutely not. He's like a cartoon character. Do you think Kevin McCarthy connects with the average citizen? I'm quite serious about this. No. No, absolutely, absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's a shame because they, 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 they put this girl, this liberal girl, as you like to call her, Ak, out, and she's all over. No, the Aok. They, 
Aok. They give her all this attention because that's what they love. These liberals, they love attention, and they're selling a dream that doesn't exist. How about young 29 or 30, 32-year-old conservatives in the House or 34-year-old? How come they don't promote them? I'm talking about the media. That's obvious why. It's just a rhetorical point. Here they pick a nobody and somebody who is obscure and quite stupid, in my humble opinion, and keep promoting her. And everybody says, don't underestimate her. How can you underestimate her? It's so low to begin with. And God forbid you criticize them. They label you all these things. It's, it's just, a, it's just a, a, the whole thing is messed up. Trust me, I'm aware of that. All right, my friend. Nick, good call, buddy. Let's go to Mina, Petaluma, California, Sirius Satellite. Did I pronounce your name correctly? Uh, no, it's Mina. Oh, it was a 50. Did you say Nina? N? Mina. Mina, M-I-N-A. I'm sorry. I had a 50-50 shot. Go ahead. That's okay. Well, thank you for taking my call, Mr. Levin. You bet. Um, I, just w- I just wanted to call and just share a little story because my father was an immigrant from Korea. Right. Um, he was in the Korean War. Um, he, he's from Seoul. He was in the Korean War and fought alongside with American GIs. Mm-hmm. And that he became, and he loved America then. So he uh, was able to get a visa to come over for school. But he had to be sponsored. Mm-hmm. And so he, he still kept in touch with the American GIs, and one family sponsored him. And that's how he came here. And then uh, later, he ended up meeting my mother, who's from Wisconsin, and um, they got married. But for the longest time, I mean, he could not take any government handouts. He could not get a speeding ticket. He had to be a model citizen, or they would take his green card away. And that was after he had already married my mother. I mean, he had to learn English. He had to know the Constitution. Before they would even get was he was he parading around with the South Korean flag? No, no. <laughs> he loved America. He loved Donald Trump, and he loved you too as well. And unfortunately, he just passed oh, away uh, this fall. But I'm sorry. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen. You sound terrific. I want to give you a one year subscription to Blaze TV. So don't hang up. And that's a wonderful call. And I'm sorry about your father. Bob, Los Angeles, California, 870 The Answer, the great KRLA, where we are live and national. Go. And you, and you pronounce my name correctly. Bob, well, it was either Bob or Bob. <laughs> uh, a while ago, you mentioned Benito Mussolini, and I was telling your call screener that uh, last week I happened to see a documentary called The Dictator's Playbook, and it highlighted Benito Mussolini, and he did everything what that these leftists are doing now. I mean, voter intimidation, voter fraud, name-calling, um, promising everything under the sun. For you know this. you know what his original career was, don't you? Uh, you know, actually, I wasn't he a he, he, he was a journalist. Yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah, 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 they had mentioned that. And then, you know, then they took over the, the press and, you know, for propaganda... Mm-hmm. And, uh, they do. They did everything. What's going on today? And Hitler watched him because Mussolini came first, and Hitler exactly. watched him, and he was very taken by Mussolini. And even when the Italy was falling and so forth, he threw in a few more divisions in Italy to try and save Mussolini. Yeah, actually, he rescued him out of, out of the prison. Up there. Yeah, um, but uh, you know, they had mentioned that that uh, Hitler learned from Mussolini, and uh, it's just amazing. You know what? what people will buy, you know, and then put up with. And, and, and Meanwhile, they hanged him from a uh, telephone pole. Yeah, upside down. In the end, from his foot. That's correct. 
Yeah, which yeah, is what the left would love to do to, uh, you know, Donald Trump. That's why I bring it up. They'd love to see nothing more than him hanging from a telephone pole. It's sickening. The thing they did, they created an enemy, which is us, the conservatives, mm-hmm. and, and Donald Trump. And pretty much anyone who disagrees with them, because now they're going after this guy, Schmidt, who's no conservative, but he's not one of them either. So, you know, they have to seek and destroy. Exactly. You know, and they had, they had the, he had the brown shirts, I believe. Yep. And then uh, Antifa's got the black shirts, right? And hoods. All right, my friend. Thank you for your call. Excellent call. We got good callers tonight. Which brings us to Casey, Charlestown, Charleston, rather. I'm sorry, South Carolina, Sirius Satellite. How are you, Casey? I'm doing all right. I want to touch on uh, what you had said earlier when you had opened up, but um, some of the people, um, might, Trump might lose their fan base. I'm, he could lose me. I'm sorry. <laughs> not not fan base. Base. Yeah. yeah. And, um, well, and you know, there'll always be a certain percentage that can't be moved, but it'll be too small of a percentage. That's the problem. Yeah. And, 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 and one more question. Yes, sir. My, my thing is, is with all the, the leftists that are going on, mm-hmm. won't they ever go, won't they take a trip, um, out of town um, to another country and see how their people live. I bet you they won't last one minute. I often think that about our media. You know, they think they have it so hard in this country. We've never seen anything like this. Oh, really? You don't know what uh, uh, a, a tyrant is like. You have no idea. All right, Casey, good call, my friend. Thank you very much. Jim, Buffalo, New York, on the Mark Levin app. I don't know. Uh, it's awfully cold up there. Yeah, it is pretty cold. Mark, how you doing? I'm serious. I'm fine. How long have you lived there? I, I'm, I'm only 17. I've lived here my whole life, actually. Okay, well, then you don't really have any choice. But you get feet <laughs> of snow, and it's freezing. Do, you, do people get used to that? You know, Mark, we just tough it out around here. I mean, the, the months around here, it's just miserable, but we get used to it. So, <laughs> I guess it's the same in other parts of the country, right? Montana, Wyoming, Alaska, so forth and so on. Well, All right, my, my family yeah. members, they came here for jobs, you know, back in the day they were immigrants. So, yeah, yeah. no, yeah. long time ago, though. But the reason I called is um, you yes, keep mentioning sir. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I, I don't. I call her AOC. AOC. I'm sorry about that. I heard that an hour ago. But um, I just read a biography on um, William McKinley. Now, I, he was shot here in my city, so it's really interesting for me mm. to about him he was actually chairman of ways and means after three years which is interesting mm-hmm. but the point i bring that up is because um, let me slow you down members of congress didn't sit there for 28 years yeah they had they sat they were they 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 came and went much much faster so it wouldn't have been as unusual at the turn of the last century for that to take place as it would be today that's correct. And on top of that, it's interesting to know that I read a Margaret Leach's uh, biography on him, which is mm-hmm. wonderful. I recommend it to everyone listening. And um, she really talked about how McKinley listened much more than he talked when he was a freshman representative. And there's something to be said about that. Mm-hmm. But leftists never do that. They never shut the hell up. Have you noticed that? It's ridiculous. I go to school with these people. Um, my teachers are some of them that way, you know, so. Yep. Well, tell you what. It's going to make you smarter and a better debater uh, than anyone else in the classroom. I mean, I was surrounded, too. A couple of us were conservatives, but that was it, particularly in law school, Temple University. And we we reached a point where I was debating the professors, and a lot of the more radical uh, students, they loved me 
because they, they hadn't even heard the kinds of things I was talking about. Today, though, the more radical students would probably, you know, uh, uh, shun you. Yeah, All right. I've, yeah. I've debated my teachers a little bit, and in all honesty, I just, it's not really, like, trying, I'm not trying to be a flamethrower or anything as much as I'm just trying to share, you know, my passion for of course. with other people. I was the same way. I'm not looking to cause trouble. I just have a different view. And that's why I listen to your show, because you really do have good views. Well, thank you, Jim. You hit our demo, 17, ah, you just missed it. When are you going to be 18? When am I going to be 18? Uh, August, August 6th. All right, keep listening. Thank you. August Thank 6th. You. What happened August 6th? You know what? Your birthday's August 6th. You know, that's a big date, August 6th. You know why? Hiroshima, right? I wasn't really thinking of that. It's also my wife's birthday. <laughs> that's funny. All right, brother. You take care of yourself. And I will be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, as a listener to this show, you're never surprised when I defend liberty and free markets, even when it's not popular, sadly, because I don't care about what's popular. I care about what's right and what works. That's why I'm speaking out against Secretary Azar's plan to tear down the most innovative sector of our economy. I'm talking about the biopharmaceutical industry, which is the innovation gem of our economy and the envy of the world. The U.S. drug industry commits $90 billion a year to R&D to bring more life-saving technologies to market than any other industry in the world. By doing that, they employ countless, countless Americans. These are good-paying jobs and produce life-saving work. But Secretary Azar's plan to socialize the U.S. drug industry by dictating what drug companies can charge and what certain drugs seniors can or cannot have access to, regardless of what their doctors may prescribe, will put lives at risk. And that's because he's attacking the same drug companies that produce the life-changing and life-saving drug millions depend on. Now, you remember Obama's war on coal. This is starting to look like Azar's war on medical innovation. We should be exporting freedom, not importing socialist ideas that produce poverty, scarcity, and rationing. But worst of all, his plan will kill the innovation needed to get the next breakthrough in cancer or Alzheimer's. I'm not going to sit by and let it happen, and neither should you. So get the facts first. Go to TrueHealthFacts.com. That's TrueHealthFacts.com. TrueHealthFacts.com. Because soon you're going to start hearing the propaganda. You're going to start hearing Democrats and Republicans coming around, joining together to socialize pharmaceuticals. And I can't think of a bigger disaster right now. I really can't. How much more of this are we going to take? I think that's the big question. By the way, it really snowed pretty good here. There's a young man down the street. His first name is Ford. That's all I'll say. He is he is spectacular. He's a great athlete. He's a great student. And when it snows, he sends me a text. Mr. Levin, would you like me to do your driveway? And absolutely, I would like him to clean the driveway. And he's an example. He's an example of the way many of us have raised our kids. To be motivated, to be earnest, to be hardworking. 
all young people are not as they are portrayed on television or by the media. All young people are not for socialism and communism and all the rest of it. It really troubles me how much attention AOC gets as opposed to a young man or a young woman who has served in the United States military, heroes, or a young man and a young woman serving in the police department or as firefighters, or just working hard, becoming apprentices. That's never shown. It's never shown. Colleen, Flushing, Michigan, the great WJRW. Go. Mark, thank you very much. I just I want to thank you for, for teaching me so much. I'm embarrassed to say I'm 50 years old, was never really into politics, and then I got interested as President Trump became president. Um, I've listened to you now. You're the one that really got me into this. I am, like I said, I'm ashamed to say I didn't know what state our, our country was in until listening to you, and, and it's it's horrifying. And I just, I wish you were a part of the system, and I know how much you do with your TV and your, your radio and your books, but, oh my God, a voice like yours, it, you, you speak to the people like me that really don't know much, admittedly, you know, and that are trying, uh, but are kind of embarrassed to say it because of the age they are, but... Hold on, hold on, let me, let me tell you before we lose uh, the clock here. Sure. You're 50 years old and you're engaged in trying to save your country. That's to your credit. That's to your credit. Some people never wake up to what's going on. So you should pat yourself on the back. Anyway, go right ahead. Uh, well, uh, thank you. I just, I wish, um, I, I wish you all the best, and I want to just thank you for everything you've well. taught me. But it brings tears to my eyes, and I seriously get panicked, thinking, what is this world going to come to? Because people really don't see it. And I, and I, I just... Oh, I just wish you were out there, though, and, and you were doing what these other people do. We see all these Democrats on TV and saying how, you know, oh, President Trump's trying to kill America. Where are the Republicans? Where are, you know, these people standing up? They can't like- talk. Mitch McConnell, num- number one, is a complete sellout, in my humble opinion. And he's been for a long time, well before Donald Trump was president of the United States. They hate the Tea Party. Listen, my my view of this has always been the Tea Party took over the House for the Republicans in 2010, took over the Senate for the Republicans in 2014, and actually Donald Trump was able to attract and allure the Tea Party. That's his base. Yeah. It's really the Tea Party. But the Tea Party said, no, it's not that. They're Trump supporters. They're conservative supporters. They're still there. They're Reaganites. They're still there. And Donald Trump spoke to them and encouraged them. Mitch McConnell hates our guts the way uh, Boehner hated our guts. They are dug in. They're willer dealers. They like to spend money. <laughs> they drive up the debt. Uh, and this is what they're doing. This is, you heard this in spectacular form in the first hour when I played the clip of McConnell saying, well, I don't care if it's a narrow deal or a broad deal, whatever we can agree to, whatever we can do. No, Mitch, you're wrong. And, Colleen, I want to thank you very much for your very kind call. All the callers, all the folks waiting, all my listeners, you are the best, the smartest people, and I appreciate it. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel, and the ICE folks, and the Border Patrol, all federal law enforcement, state law enforcement, local. Thank you. I will see you tomorrow. God bless. God bless.